privilege of inviting my amazing wife, our senior pastor, to share the second part of our series, Generational Mindsets. Awesome. Thank you so much. It is always good to be in God's house, isn't it? Are we happy? Are we good? Yeah, welcome to our first-time visitors. We're so happy you could be here. Welcome to our online family as well. And we had a little bit of housekeeping just then with our building and and giving into the house of God. And if you're new, there's no pressure. Uh, It's just something that we do here at Everyday Church as part of the family. Is that okay? It's good? All right. The kids are over at Kids Ministry having fun. Uh, But we've been doing a series called Generational Mindsets. And uh, Pastor Jacob kicked off the series last Sunday and he preached such an insightful message. And I really encourage you, if you missed that message, to jump on our website and have a listen. It really was a good message. And I'm not just saying that to make sure my dinner gets cooked tonight or, or whatever needs to happen. It was a good message. But he was, we were really getting down deep into our spirit that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's not enough to believe that there's just a God. It's good to believe that there's a God, but it's not enough because even the devil believes that. Even the devil believes that there is a God. So it needs to be more than that. It has to be more than that. We have to believe that God wants to be good to us, that he wants to reward our faith that he wants to pour out so much blessing and so much love upon us. We have to believe that with our minds. You know, it's the fatal mistake of not believing this truth that led Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to sin. They believed that God was holding out on them. They believed that God was holding something back from them. They believed that that there was a possibility that God wasn't being completely good to them which led to them being tricked by the devil, being deceived by the devil, and they sinned. And then that led to mankind being separated from God from that period onward. Praise God for Jesus Christ though, right? He brings us back into relationship with our Heavenly Father. But God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That was Jacob's message in a nutshell. (laughs) Sit down now, no. But generational thinking it is such a key topic and I loved how again Pastor Jacob shared that it's something within our western culture that we have to be so deliberate about grabbing a hold of we have to be uh, we, 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 we can't we, we have to fight against this normal way of thinking particularly in our western culture that what will be will be that, that we're so easy going you know particularly in western Australia you know WA wait a while just chill man you know wait a while let's just what will be will be but that can be dangerous thinking it can be dangerous and there are consequences to that thinking what do they say Sarah Sarah that case Sarah Sarah that is it uh, but there are consequences to that particularly when God calls us to generational thinking our God is a generational God he thinks big picture he thinks big 
picture. And, you know, I'm not just talking. I know we've spoken a little bit about money uh, this morning. And don't worry, Jesus also spoke about money. It was the second talked about topic that he spoke about when he walked this earth. But I'm not speaking about just money or uh, leaving inheritance. I'm not just talking about that this morning. Those, those, those things are good. In Proverbs 13:22, it says, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. That's good news. And we've just had an incredible opportunity to actually give in to the next generation, to establish a place where people can come and encounter the love of Jesus Christ. We've just had that opportunity just this morning and last week as well, where our children's children and their children can continue to meet and where the gospel is preached. That is awesome. But this morning, I'm talking about mindsets. I'm talking about breaking through in the spiritual realm for the next generation. Breaking through in the spiritual realm for the next generation. I'm talking about finding freedom from generational curses and sin that have been in the family line for years. And it's so important that as believers that we are aware of this. Um, you know, you have to wonder why we see patterns occur from one generation to the next. Does anyone ever wonder that where we see this just repeated and repeated, repeated behaviours of addiction, of, of mental health, depression, anxiety, unstable relationships, poverty, uh, and, um, what else have we got? Rage that just continues down, that anger, that rage that continues down the family line, insecurity, gluttony, and the list goes on. And we say things like, as much as we love our parents and our grandparents, we say things like, I'll, I, I won't be like my parents or my grandparents in this area. I will never do this or I'll never do that. But we find it repeated through the generations. It's uncanny. It happens. And we see the destructive behaviours repeated right before our very eyes through ourselves and, and our children and onto our children's children. You know, the second commandment is found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 8, and it says this, you, sh you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You know when you look into the Hebrew word for punish the best way that word can be translated is tends to be repeated, tends to be repeated. So what happens in one generation often repeats itself in the next. That's what that word means. Punish tends to be repeated. And some of us have our past being played out in our present right now, in our present life and our present relationships. We're having it played out before us. The consequences and actions and choices are going back three or four generations, going back to the mid-1800s are being played out. Their choices and their actions are affecting those who follow, including me and you. Don't worry, good news is coming this morning. 
But a lot of the time, it, but it's important that we're aware of this because a lot of the time we aren't aware of this. And, 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 and as we try so hard and, and, and we struggle so much with these things, not understanding what it takes to break through, not being aware of what it takes to break through. And we continue to see divorce repeated or addictive behaviours behaviors or insecurity, depression, anxiety, mental health. And the list goes on. Fear, rage, poverty. Did I say poverty? And it needs to be broken in the spiritual realm. We've not understood the power of strongholds in our lives. And we've not repented and broken it off our lives. We've not broken through into the spiritual realm. And most importantly, we've not taken a hold of what Jesus Christ has done for us. The blood of Jesus Christ. We've not accessed what is ours through faith. And so today we will have an opportunity to do that if you so choose. We're going to open up the prayer altar here. You can come forward and we're going to pray for you. We're going to be pray that these things be broken off your life if you so choose because there is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. John 8.36 says, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But first I just want to take a look at Saul in the book of Samuel. And so God told Samuel the prophet uh, to anoint Saul and make him king. And we read about Saul's response in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 17. It says this, When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about, and he will govern my people. And Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? Uh, I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me, and in the morning I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them, they have been found. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? And Saul answered this, but am I not a Benjamite? from the smallest tribe of Israel and is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin why do you say such a thing to me we can clearly see here from Saul's response that his mindset is one of insecurity and one of small thinking and his reasoning is because of his past it's because of his family line. It's because of where he comes from. We are the smallest. We are the least. We are nothing. Why me? How can that be? His thinking is small and based on his family line. Saul knew God, but he was basing his thinking on a wrong mindset, not on where God was calling him to. God was calling him into his future, but he was making decisions and forming opinions based on his past. And when it came time to anoint Saul as king, just as God had instructed, Saul was nowhere to be found. He was hiding. I find it. I mean, I've done this. Hiding. I've been asked to speak in places and I'm hiding in my room, crying, hiding. 
but God sees us. God sees you and he's still calling you into your future despite your past. But Saul felt so ill-equipped. He felt so inferior that he was hiding when it came time to be anointed as king. God wants to anoint him as king and he's hiding. But you know, God knew exactly where he was. When the people asked, where is this man? I thought he was here. The Lord responded. He said he was hiding himself amongst the supplies. He knew exactly where he was. God can see you. God knows you. He knows what he's called you to. He knows your future despite your past and he is calling you. Amen. If we read on with the story of Saul, he continues to deal with small thinking, jealousy, insecurity, and he's never able to overcome it. He's not able to overcome it. He's the guy that was so jealous of David that he chased him down, hunted him down, trying to kill him. He couldn't handle the accolades um, of David. David was, uh, what was it? They ki- David kills tens of thousands and Saul only his thousands. And he couldn't handle the accolades of his colleague, of his co-worker. He was that insecure. He was that jealous. And he was never able to break through. And because of that, he made some really poor choices, really poor choices and some big mistakes uh, in his lifetime as a person and within his leadership. And sadly, he never broke through. He never broke through in his thinking. Uh, and true repentance never came. I mean, there were times where it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But there's a difference between I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I'm trying to teach my kids this, you know. At some stage, you've got to stop doing that, mate. <laughs> Seriously. There's, there's a true repentance that needs to come. And Saul never truly repented. And you might think, what does even repentance mean? That sounds very religious and old school and why are we even talking about it in Padbury Hall today, Everyday Church? True repentance just means changing the way you think. It just means uh, saying, yes, that is wrong and that is not right and I am sorry and I agree with you, God, and now I'm going this way. That's repentance. It's that simple. It's not like, you know, what do you put the sackcloth on and whatever they rip things and I don't know, whatever they talk about in the Old Testament. That's all it is. It's simple. But Saul never did it and he was rejected as king and he missed out on what God had for him. But not just for him, for the future generations. That is the sad part. That is why we need generational thinking. That's why we need to be thinking big. That's why Saul needed to deal with his insecurities and his jealousy and his issues and, and stop going based on his past and, and, and he's from a small tribe and from a small town and small, small and small and break through into what God was calling him to. But he never did that. He never did that, sadly. He had an opportunity to, but he chose not to. And one of Saul's downfalls was his disobedience towards God. His disobedience towards God. He thought his sacrifices to God were enough. That's what he thought. He thought his sacrifices to God were enough. But God wanted his obedience. And not just his part obedience, because he partly obeyed God. He wanted his complete obedience. He wanted everything. He wanted his complete obedience. God said to him through Samuel, and God speaks through people. 
We know this. God speaks through people. That's why it's good to position yourself in church, in growth group. God speaks to us through the Bible. That's why it's good to open up our Bibles and have our quiet time and allow God to minister to you. God speaks to us through prayer. That's why it's important to, to get away from the chaos. I'm like, Jacob, I'm going for a walk. That means I need to speak to God or God needs to speak to me. And I'm praying and praying and praying some more and I'm listening to what God wants to say to me. But God said to him through Samuel that obedience is far better than sacrifice. Obedience is far better than sacrifice. To submit is better than sacrifice. There is no place for rebellion and arrogance. And sometimes insecurity through insecurity can bring arrogance. And God said, that's rebellion in my eyes. That is rebellion in my eyes. And some of us are caught up in generational strongholds and repetition of wrong behaviours and thinking because of the rebellion of our previous generations. You know, you ever wonder there's that thing that you just can't, you want to stop and you just can't stop. You, What's going on here? There's like a pull. We need to be aware of these things in the spiritual realm for our lives, for not only for us, but for the generations as well. And these behaviours are being repeated and worse, being passed on to our children. And, you know, sometimes it skips households as well and it skips generations. If you know mine and Jacob's story, uh, we um, both have dealt with drug addiction within our personal lives and we've both been to rehabilitation for it. But we didn't grow up in, in, um, in households, neither of us, where there was addiction. But if you go a generation back, there was. And so sometimes it kind of, it, it skips generations, it skips households, but we need to be aware of how far these things go back. And we need to take a stand. And a repentance needs to take place. A true repentance for the former generations. Our actions and decisions affect those that come after us. You know, we read uh, earlier in the second commandment, we read that God will show love for a thousand generations to those who love him and obey his commandments. I love that. That's a promise. God will show love for a thousand generations to those who love him and obey his commandments. Uh, you know, I was listening to um, Joel Osteen the other day. He's um, a preacher in America, pastors uh, a large church called Lakewood Church. He cops a bit of flack, actually, but... Uh, myself and Jacob, we, we love him. He's just, he's, he's simple and straight to the point and he preaches it straight to your heart. But I was listening to him and he was saying that he knows without a shadow of a doubt that he lives in the blessings of those that went before him. He knows without a shadow of a doubt that the obedience and sacrifices of his father and his grandparents and the generations before that uh, that they made, that he is aware that he is walking in their favour and, and, and the blessings of that. And he said he used to feel bad about it because other people's lives were so miserable. But he just had this ease because of the generations before him, the obedience to God, the sacrifices uh, that, that, that they made, it overflowed into his life. He has a generational heritage of obedience and sacrifice with the blessings overflowing. And you know what, church? We have an opportunity to do the same. 
we have an opportunity to do the same, to make a stand within our own lives and for it to flow on for the generations to come, no matter what sort of a past we come from. You may have that generational heritage of obedience and sacrifice and you may be walking in it today. Make sure you continue that. Or maybe you're a first-generation Christian and you have to fight for it. But make sure you fight for it. Make sure you take a stand. Make sure you repent for the former generations and do what God is calling you to do, not based on your past but into your future. Amen? We need to break off generational strongholds from our lives. The good news is this, this is the good news, is that when Jesus Christ came to this earth, when he came and he died on the cross, he took all of our sins. He took all of the sins of our forefathers, completely wiped it away. All is forgiven. This is true. And when we accepted Jesus Christ into our heart, if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, if you haven't, We'll give you an opportunity shortly. But if you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you become a new creation. You are given a new spirit. You're adopted into a new family with a new bloodline, with a new heritage. How awesome is that? That is good news this morning. You are made righteous in Jesus Christ regardless of generations, regardless of the past. You are made worthy. We, all of us together, are worthy because of Jesus Christ. You are worthy because of Jesus Christ. That is good news this morning. But we have to access this by faith. It has to be accessed by faith. And we have to believe it. There's no good, there's no good at, at, at being done, but then you're not accepting it or receiving it or believing it. Otherwise, your default is going to be that family line, the former generations. So we have to, you have to step into and accept by faith the blessings and the promises of God, that it's already done, that you have the victory, that you are worthy, that you are righteous for what Jesus Christ is because of his blood, like a bloodline has been drawn in the sand and it's this far, whatever happened, it's this far and no further the day you accepted Jesus Christ. We have to fight against the worldly strongholds and take on the mind of Christ. You know, when God uh, gave the Israelites the promised land, they still had to fight their enemies. If you know the story, they still had to go in and fight their enemies. It wasn't just all laid out on a plate. They still had to fight their enemies. When God gave the victory to Jesus Christ, he still had to die on the cross, didn't he? He still had to go through that pain and that suffering, but he, st- but he had the victory. He went in it knowing he had the victory. And so when we're going into breaking these things off our life from the past, we go into it knowing that we have the victory. It's already done, sealed, delivered by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? God has given us the victory. Your past does not determine your future. You are set free. You're set free. Done. Step into it. Step into it. You're not bound by your family bloodline. The curse has been broken and the blood of Jesus brings victory. It is a new bloodline. 
But the key is this, the key is obedience. It has to be obedience. We read earlier that God will show love to a thousand generations to those that obey him, love him and obey his commandments. Obedience is key. Submission is key. Repentance is key. James 4, 7 says this, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But the first part is submission. The first part is surrender. The first part is obedience. The first part is a true repentance. Not like my kids. (laughs) Sorry. 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 (sighs) You know, I'm going to be really honest with you, and I actually don't know some people here, so I'm really putting myself out there. But, you know, myself and Jacob's uh, marriage for the past 15 years hasn't been a walk in the park. It hasn't been. We've had to fight for it especially for the first year or two, poor Pastor Malcolm would be in his office, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> uh, and it's been difficult. It hasn't come easy. You see, we, we, we have a pattern of divorce that, that runs through our family line. We both come from uh, uh, households, parents that, that went through divorce, both at the same age even, 12, 13 years old. But we've had to take a stand. We've understood that the curse is broken because once we entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but we've had to fight hard in this area because we we understand what's happening in the spiritual realm. And a a repentance has, has had to take place for our former generations. The heartache and the tears and the and the I'm sorry. And there's no there's, there's, there's no place for, for selfishness and for, for, for taking the easy option. It's been forgiveness and submission and obedience. But we know that we want to break through this because we don't want our kids to have to do it after us. So it's important that we do. It's important that we do. You know, Saul had a chance to break out of his small thinking. He had that opportunity. He had an opportunity to break out of his insecurity. God had made him the king of Israel, the head of all tribes. It's yours. But he couldn't step into it because he was bound by his past. And I want to encourage us this morning that we would be a church and that we would be a people that are not bound and held back and have these strongholds over us when God is calling us into freedom, into victory, into our future, when he wants us to step into all that he has called us to. Saul could have broken through. You know the word over our church this year uh, that Pastor Jacob shared at the start of the year uh, was that this year would be a year of expansion. And it's exciting what's happening with the building and and uh, as new people to come begin to come in and, and give their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ, join growth groups, etc. But, but God wants to break things in your life personally. Uh, God is a God of increase. God is a God of increase and he wants you to live your best life. And so he wants to expand you in your freedom. He wants to expand you personally in your thinking. He, he wants you to actually dream bigger. Whatever dreams you have right now, he actually wants you to dream bigger. If you're living and breathing, he wants you to dream bigger. 
than whatever dream that you have right now. He wants to ex- expand your belief, to believe him for the impossible because he can do anything. He can do anything and he wants to take you there, but you have to step into it. He wants us to have his mindset, a generational mindset, not one, one based on our future and not on our past. And it comes again through obedience, through submission and through repentance. And it comes through prayer. And prayer is our weapon. Prayer is so powerful in breaking things off in our life. I received so much healing in my lifetime through all those things. I mean, we were two, we still are really in a lot of ways, but two dysfunctional people coming together with a pattern of divorce and addiction and, and poverty and, and, and affairs through families, et cetera, et cetera. But we had to break through that with prayer. With prayer is how it happened. Prayer was our weapon. And that's where we found healing, where people come alongside us and prayed for us and broke these things where we repented and asked for forgiveness and these things were broken off our lives so that we could walk in all that God's got for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Today, God wants to break things off your life if you'll let him. If you'll come forward and allow us to pray for you, we can do that in Jesus' name. I just want to encourage you, for anyone here that has been hiding from God, He sees you. He knows you. He knows every hair on your head. And there's nowhere you can go to hide from Him. He knows exactly where you are, exactly where you are. And he loves you and he's calling you forward. Won't you come? With every head bowed this morning. First, I just want to give anybody that's in the house right now or listening online an opportunity. The first step to break through in the spiritual realm and to to cut those ties of bad behaviours, rebellion, etc., divorce, poverty, Uh, mental health, whatever it may be, depression, anxiety, is first to accept Jesus Christ into your heart. That's the first step. It has to be. It has to be the first step. And I'll never, ever forget the day that I made that step. A peace and a joy like I hadn't ever experienced came into my heart and a freedom like never before. And so if that is you in the house here this morning, if you'd like to step into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, today is your day. Today is your day. And so I'm going to say a prayer. It's a simple prayer. Church, if you'll follow after me, if you'd like to pray this prayer for the first time, just believe it with all your heart. That's as simple as that. That's how you're saved, believing that that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Church, if you'll follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sin, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Just while our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, why don't you lift your hand up in the air so I can see it. I'd love to pray for you. If you're online, if you'd like to comment in the comments uh, and would love to get some resources to you and congratulations, today is a good day. A couple of more seconds. If there's anyone in the building, if you just lift your hand up in the air. Amen. Well, right now we're going to go into a time of worship and we encourage you, I encourage you to please come forward so that we can pray for you in these areas. Today can be a day of true freedom for you, true freedom, true healing as we break off these things in the spiritual realm and you grab a hold of all that God has for you in Jesus' name. Won't you stand to your feet? Uh, We're going to sing. We're going to worship. If you don't want to come forward, just worship in the presence of God. But please come forward. We're going to move this pulpit. Ash, if you don't mind just moving this and then we'll pray for you if that's all right. Thanks, Ash. Let's sing.